Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. So I want to start out by praying today. Would you bow your head, Father God? I love you and I thank you for the victory, Lord. Lord, we remembered your death and suffering, but I thank you this morning for your life-giving victory. And I pray today, Lord, that you are celebrated in a way, Lord, that is beyond us. Holy Ghost, I pray that you just do everything you desire to do during this time. I pray that the word goes forth, Lord, in the fertile soil. We're not a distraction. I rebuke and call out any rebellious spirit, any distracting spirit, any uh, even a physical spirit that might try to preoccupy anybody's mind from hearing the word of God. Let God be true and every devil a liar and God be glorified in this service this morning and the people of God said amen. Well, when you talk about Easter, uh, you can't talk about Easter without mentioning the word of love, the word the word love, <coughs> excuse me, it's still out there, you know it is. And so, Joe's already mentioned John 3.16 to you, but love is a word that we all use many, many times to just tell people how we feel, and we should do that. We should tell, tell one another we love each other, our family. That goes without saying, but but I want to tell you, love is not really a word, but love is actually a demonstration. That's what it is. I mean, we use it in the form of a word, but but it's a demonstration. And you should never tell somebody, I love you, without it being demonstrated, because if you just say, I love you, but your mind's somewhere else, your heart's not in it, you don't mean it, you might as well say, hey, they, they paint the line yellow in the middle of the highway. I mean, that's about as effective as telling somebody you love them, but, but you never show them. And if you really, really, really love somebody, you don't even have to tell them in a lot of cases because you've already demonstrated it to, to them and, or demonstrated it to them, and, and they know that. They, they know you love them. But we do. We follow it up with saying, I love you. And I've been telling you for about two or three weeks about just how much God loves you. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. But um, I want to tell you that you can trace this all the way back, the love of God to the garden. It, it, it starts there. We put a lot of emphasis on Easter, and, and we should do that, I know. But if you look at the love of God through the word of God and you have a correct understanding of it, you can see the love of God all the way back uh, to creation when God said, let us make man in our own image. So, again, God loved you enough not to just make you out of some leftover parts or some scraps. He made you out of some good stuff. 
I said this on Wednesday night to some youth several weeks ago. I said it in a message here, and I want to repeat it on Easter. I'm telling you, God loved you enough to make you out of some great stuff, his own image. So that's why Jesus said, listen, I've done greater works. I'm going away, but the Holy Spirit's coming, and you're going to do greater works than these because not only were you made out of great stuff, but you were given great stuff. And so, church, listen, you are made in the image of God, and it was at this time, at this juncture, when God began to show us through several hundred uh, years that he really did love us. And he did this, and this is, this is really why we are celebrating what we are celebrating today. Prophets, he would use prophets, he would use sacrifices, untold millions of livestock and animals, tabernacles and priests and altars and so much more. And the Bible is very descriptive about this. And God did all of this because the moment that sin entered the world while Adam and Eve were in paradise. The, the moment that happened, I don't know how many times you've thought about it, but you need to understand, at that moment, the fellowship, yes, it was good to be where you didn't have to work and eat. Sounds like modern America, amen? I mean, but it was in a real sense there where you just had to enjoy. It was a perfect world. People were perfect. There were, there were no pain and suffering and worry and all that. But, but let me just tell you this, folks. That's one of the trillions of uh, disadvantages to sin and allowing sin to camp out and stay around the house. Nothing good has ever come out of sin. Nothing good will ever come out of sin. The Bible says it feels good for a season. Our flesh thinks so. There's nothing good about sin. And so God was definitely hurt and upset about sin. But what bothered God, I believe, the most is that the fellowship that he had with man, the perfect fellowship, it, it, it was... It was attacked, and it was hindered by Satan and by the sin that he brought into the world. So God began this long journey through sacrifices, as I've said, and so many other things because he wanted that restored. And God does love you enough to want to restore you. He wants to redeem you. If you go to Dollar General, you know the drill. You spend the money, you're going to get how much off if you spend $25 on that receipt on Saturday? $5. You're going to get it. They can print them out all day long. But if you don't take it into the store on that Saturday and you don't redeem it, you'll never benefit from the $5 and the value of it. If you never understand just how much that God loves you and you don't say, well, 
I need to let him redeem me. You're never, hallelujah, going to get the benefit in this life nor the life to come of being redeemed by God through the blood of Jesus. And that's why all of these things took place over the process of time just so God could get us to Jesus and get Jesus to us. It shows you just how far God was willing to go to get you. Will y'all forgive me this morning? I, I, I tell you, the worst part about this job is, is I'm human and I'm made out of the same stuff you are. If the Lord would will, I wish one Sunday he would just let me not be a human, but I'd be dead. Then you wouldn't hear a thing. But it's aggravating, but... I guess if I was Satan and somebody was talking about how bad I was whooped, I'd make somebody cough too if I had to, if I could. So the Lord loved you so much online, multitudes, anybody, anywhere, on the radio, some part of the earth, that he started that long process that we've talked about, and it, it wasn't it, it wouldn't satisfied. It, it wasn't even a good band-aid is, is the, what, what the Lord tells us. It, it just could not do what had to be done by a spotless lamb, a perfect lamb. So God said, I still want man. Well, I know all the sacrifices. I know all the altars. I'm, I remember when the instructions uh, that I gave to the priest about the first tabernacle, about the curtains, about the pillars, about the instruments used, about the Holy of Holies. But still, none of that is going to get me back what I had before Satan put his two cents in. So that got us all the way to a baby named Jesus being born in a manger. Left heaven, he didn't have to, but he said, hey, I don't think I'm getting shortchanged. We love man so much. We made man in our image, and we've got to get man back. So I'll go down there and do it. He stepped out of glory into a manger, lived 33 years. Then he found himself on a cross. And it was on that cross that he wasn't too far away from having that available again. For me and you. And since the Father knows best, and that's why Jesus said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, you know best. What you want is what I'm going to do. And so, since the Lord does know best, as it is proven in Psalm 103:14. The Bible says, for he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are but dust. He knows your frame. He knows what you are made of. But God still knows you're just a frail man. You're just a frail woman. And you're made out of dust. And God knows just how much you can handle, ma'am. Sir, church, 
the Lord is mindful of you. I, I'm taking a second on this Easter Sunday to tell you God knows where you are. He knows where you are when nobody else knows where you are. Mentally, emotionally, any kind of way, uh, physically, financially, whatever you want to throw at him, he already knows it. He knows, he knows where you are. He knows your frame. He was the general contractor. He knows your frame. He knows what you're made out of. He knows on your best day, you are made out of nothing more than dust that he breathed life, in, life into. And isn't that something that a God that mighty and magnificent would still love just a pile of dust to do what he did? That just blows my mind that he would love me that much. And he knew that Jesus Christ would be just not only what we needed, but what he needed to restore us back to the way he loved us. His love never changed. It never fluctuated at all, even when the children of Israel were so rebellious, when you were so rebellious and I'm so rebellious. It never affected the love of God again because God loved the entire world so much that he gave. He loved the world made out of dust so much that he gave. And he gave us exactly what it took to get us back, and that was Jesus. And I'm going to tell you today, he's still giving Jesus because that's exactly what it takes to get you back out of this world that's trying to sink its fangs in you on a regular basis to poison you and make you full of, of toxic uh, venom that will just drive you crazy and make you feel like, well, this is not much at all to this life, but the Lord knows your frame. He knows your frame. And so he knew, he knew we needed Jesus. And he pays so much attention to you, church, that he literally, he loves you so much to watch all that happen down through the ages. He loves you so much to give his only begotten son. And the whole time all of this is going on, the whole time you're out here doing something you shouldn't be doing or even thinking things we shouldn't be thinking or just sitting back and not really giving God your life. Do you know he still loves you so much that he won't even take his eye off of you with all he's got going on? He won't even take his eye off of you. Psalm 17 says, Keep me, David said, as the apple of thy eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. So every moment that you wake up, when you're praising God and when you're ticked off and mad and you're upset with God, he will not take his eye off of you. He won't. When you're wallowing in sin, when you're wallowing in shame, when you're serving in the church, when you're worshiping him with your hands in the air, when you don't understand him and you almost have an unspoken resentment against God, he still will not take his eye off of you. He loves you that much, church. Do you think he's going to take his eye off of something as fragile as dust? 
Do you think he's going to take his eye off of somebody that he loved enough to watch his son go through what he went through? And I can just see when that episode of the cross finally got here, I can see maybe the angels that came to Jesus' rescue after he was being tempted by the devil, after they were spitting in his face and calling him names. And I, I can just see those angels up there just about to die to get down. And God in heaven, uh -uh, guys, I know this is tough. I can see him with my eyes like he's just having to hold the angels back, having to watch all of that and then possibly turn and explain to them, but I love them so much. This is hard, but it's not going to last long. And I love people so much. Don't y'all remember when you stood by the portals of glory and watched me, the Son, and the Holy Ghost make them? Don't you remember when the snake come up and deceived them? And don't you remember the separation when they had to be ousted out of the garden and how I have longed for that fellowship ever since then? Don't you remember all of that? I've got to buy them back. They're rightfully mine. They're rightfully ours, and we've got to redeem that Dollar General gift certificate coupon is what the Lord is wanting you to know today. I've had them riding around in my car. Probably got one now in there. And if I don't take it, it's no good. If you sit here and listen to this today or drive or whatever you're doing and you don't allow God to redeem you back, you won't know the fellowship. And can I just tell everybody this, whether you were raised in a full gospel church or you've never been in church in your life, people are listening all over the world every Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock, whether you realize it or not. So I want to talk to all those people, but you can listen in. Is that all right? Whether you've never... Step foot in a tent somewhere in Africa or you've never been in any type of a temple or a, a place of worship or not. I want you to know that the Lord God loves you so much that he's been waiting for you just to say, you can buy me back now. I don't want no more of this world so that he can reveal himself to you and you can know that it really is joy unspeakable and full of glory to be bought back by the blood of Jesus and to be owned by God and have that intimate relationship with him again. You can have it, church. So, he don't take his eye off of us. Can you prove it? If I read you a Bible verse, I can, if you believe the Bible. Well, I'll just tell you, tell you about it. When Jesus was calling the disciples, Philip went and found Nathaniel. Y'all may remember how that played out. And here, here's the proof. When he got to Jesus, he said, can anything good come out of that part of town over yonder? And uh, 
Jesus just jumped on ahead of all that, and he said, Nathaniel, before Philip called you, are you ready? Here we go. I saw you under the fig tree. He won't take his eye off of you to save your life. He's always watching me. You may not want him to always do it, but he's always watching you. Not in condemnation as we think a lot of times. He is a just God, but he won't take his eye off of you because he loves you enough to give Jesus for you to get you back, church. That's how much he loves you. And Joe, so this kind of drives home the fact that I'm sure it was said Friday night. I'm sure it's being said all over the, the world today in churches. And it, it's kind of worth noting right here, right this minute, that you know the Bible says that Jesus endured the cross. And I don't know if you've ever caught it or not despising the shame. You and I, pretty much, we despise pain, and we've never had, never will have any type of pain that will come close to what he went through on the cross. He didn't even bring it up. He despised the shame that came into the world that separated him, the Holy Trinity, from mankind. That's what he despised. I want to get to the point in my life and my walk, I want our church to get into the, into, to the place and arrive at the moment where we despise the shame and sin of shame so much that we refuse to get anywhere close to it, that we run from it, we drop our coats. We make decisions that blow people's minds, confuses people. I pray that I get to the place where I'm so sickened by the sin that separated and caused all this mess that I never, ever want to take part in it again. But I like some of it, though. Well, you need to pray. Because that's not part of the redemption plan of Almighty God. It's not. And so, Jesus not only did this, but, but Jesus said, I, I'm going to do this, and I did bring this out Friday. He did it despising the shame. He endured the cross for the joy that was before him. Sir, I'm telling you, you may not believe there's a lot to you, ma'am, folks. You may not think because of failures or choices or whatever that you're not worth all of that. But I want, I want to tell you right now, the Lord didn't see you like that because he don't take his eye off of you. He saw you as joy. Yes, there was pain there that we can't even describe and movies can't depict. But he wasn't thinking about the pain. 
He was thinking about 2023, about somebody that was going to say, Lord, hallelujah, I'm giving you my life today because I don't want to be left here and I want to enjoy fellowship with you that you intended for me to have. And he saw that all the way from Calvary. He looked down into time and he saw that as a joyful moment in history. And he said, well, here we go. Let's get it done. He did it because he loved you. That's the joy. Not a bunch of money, not a big car, not a new house, not a trip, not a bunch of, uh, of fame or anything else. He did that because he knew he was about to see man back in a wholesome fellowship. Because now, I told you about the Holy of Holies. Now everybody can go. All of you can, because of the relationship, because of God redeeming you, all of you can boldly walk in there anytime, any day, any month, any year. He loves you that much to allow you to do that through redeeming you and buying you back. You can boldly approach his throne. Hallelujah. You can do it. So... All of that kind of brings me to the message today. It does. So, I want to kind of tell you now, in a way, if you're new to the to faith or maybe not even a believer, and again, I have to say a lot of things that a lot of you are accustomed to, and it's, it's because of people everywhere that will listen. And I don't, I don't want to leave no stone unturned. Amen? Nobody, don't ever take it for granted that everybody knows the plan of salvation. They don't. So we want to be faithful with the seed that God's blessed us with. And so maybe you didn't understand about sacrifices and redemption, him buying back, redeeming you, buying you back. Maybe you didn't, you didn't really get that holy of holies thing, tabernacle and altars and all that, so I, I just want to maybe kind of go over it again in a way that hopefully everybody can understand all, if not a large part of this. So what if, and if you're struggling, maybe, maybe something in here will help you today. So what if, just, just what if in heaven, okay? In God's throne room, in, in the, the temple in heaven, what if there's only two furnishings in, in heaven, all right? And the first one is a picture frame, but, but it's not just one, it's billions of picture frames. And all of these picture frames, because he's never taken his eye off of you, and he won't. He won't take his eye off of you. And through time, through the old rugged cross, through the empty grave, you know, something you love and you look at a lot, you, you, you frame it. And I'm going to tell all of you right now, you've been framed. 
I want you to look at somebody or just say it out loud. I've been framed. Now, nobody's going to know what you're talking about in the world. They're going to say, what, what happened? Somebody called the cops on you? But you've been framed, you see. He knows your frame, but he loved you enough to put you in a frame and keep you as the center of his eye. See, you capture. You can go into our house right now, and I'm going to tell you right now, I can walk through that house and downstairs living room, and if I'm not careful, I will bump into something, and it's like dominoes. Sister girl has them everywhere. And I love looking at them. But because she loves family and whoever else is in there, a lot of you are kind of probably wondering, ain't she over there getting mad? No, she's upstairs in children's church. And nobody in here dare tell her. Amen, that's right. They won't tell her. She don't have her phone. Don't be texting during church while I'm preaching. You've been framed, though. You never thought that God thought that much of you, did you? You thought, I just, I just mind my own business because I know he's messed up. It ain't, it ain't nothing to me. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. On his wall, friend. On his wall. You're the apple of his eye. You're the pupil. That center part, that's you. That's God has got his eye on you right now. That's why we learn in the scriptures he's never really that far from us at all because his eye is peeled on you, on your children, on your family. God keeps his eye on you. You were framed. You were framed. He knows what you're made out of, and so he can't take his eye off of you because he made you in his own image. He's framed you because he knows that the blood of his son, not those millions of animals I talked about her, but the blood of his son, the spotless lamb, will buy you back. It's the perfect lamb, but it's also the perfect price. The price was right, by the way, and Bob didn't set it. I'm telling you, the price is right to buy you where you are, the way you are, and what you are. We live in a world full of what's right now. Amen. And God's blood through Jesus Christ can buy them all back to be what God made them to be. So you need to lift them up because I've got news for the religious community. They're on a frame on the wall in heaven somewhere. And you got to pray for them. We don't condone sin. In fact, it's shameful to think of the sin in the world. Amen? That's what Jesus said. But we pray that people will be redeemed and bought back. Some of you used to be in your own mind unredeemable. He can't do anything with this now. But that old blood got on there and started scrubbing those rough spots, didn't it? Got all those grandma bees from hell out from under your neck. I know I just lost some of y'all, especially if you ain't from the South. But anybody that knows about the grandma bees, just say, yes, Lord. There you go. And he scrubbed all them things with the blood of Calvary. He's got a frame. Hitler's a mean man. A lot of people's talking about Putin right now. 
president of China, our president, every president everywhere. You, you, listen, we need to pray for Israel. See, you're told about half, uh, maybe a tenth of the news, but what you in the, in the part you're told, I got to park and just check the air and the tires right quick. Okay, so let's do that. The part you're being told, this does go into frame, by the way. That Israel's firing rockets. Well, what you don't know is the thousands of rockets that are fired to Israel before they ever fire one. You're not going to get that, though. Because the whole world, the whole world eventually will be against the Jewish nation, God's homeland. And if you turn this thing political, you better pray. Because some veins have been stuck in you. This is not political at all. It's biblical and spiritual. And the reason I'm telling you this is because if you listen to this one-sided narrative and you never ever look into the scriptures, over time, like you've been conditioned for so many other things, you will be conditioned to think, well, there's just, there are mean people firing at those Palestinians. There are mean people against those Syrian refugees. You'll do it. It's already been done. And it's being paraded behind things called pulpits. So I'm going to tell you this. God's all-seeing eye is seeing all the trash that is happening right now, that's been recorded in Scripture. And even at that, people that are attacking and that are doing all they can, they're still in a frame in heaven. They're in a frame. For God so loved the what? Every person I named a while ago and every place on the planet is part of the world. If, if you missed that memo, God so loved the world, even in 2023, that he gave his son, Jesus, to shed his blood so he could buy back crooked and evil people even in this last day we're living in. So you got to know that. You, you've been framed, but so is everybody else. And all the causes and all the agendas, all those wicked people, They've been framed, and we need to pray for them, church, because regardless of how your flesh feels about people, God rightfully paid the price, and he ought to get what he bought. And he left me and you here to be the sales agent for that, to be the exchanging agent, to say, hey, here is your coupon right here. He loves you. He bled for you. He died for you. He don't care about all that stuff, but he did do something so you could get away from all that stuff. And if you're not doing your part, God simply wants to know why, which will lead me to something in just a moment that's been confirmed during our early prayer. But there's also, I told you, two things. The other thing, there's frames galore. But there's a set of keys. Now, there's only one set of keys, not millions. One set of keys. And you will not believe who gave them to him. Don't nobody say Barney Fife, when he, if he went to heaven, he gave him the keys. Nope. Listen now. 
the Bible says, I tell you what, uh, Derek, I don't, I don't know, Derek Brandon, can, can, can I just read, if you have uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 53? This is another reason why you should want to be redeemed, not just to have that relationship now. In fact, can I say this before I read that? People think that they're getting saved, just about dying and going to heaven. Man, you, 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 you are only like 1% right. Jesus said this. A lot of you know it. A lot of you are living this right now. Jesus said, I have come to give them life and give it to them more abundantly. He's talking about right now. He's talking about in your mortal body. Peace that passes understanding. Joy of knowing that he's your Lord. He's your God. He's your master. He orders your steps. We could do it a long time. He's your healer. He's your peace. Amen. Abundant life. world don't have that, by the way. The world has to depend on something fake like luck and uh, brown nosing and knowing people. But we believers, we don't have to fool with all that nonsense. And so... There's a lot to be had in living for Jesus right now. Amen, body of Christ. Amen. Yes, there is. And so, one day, not only is the abundant life paying off now, but this body right here, oh, it's all going to change. Check this out. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall, say then, that's when it will happen. So don't spend a lot of time and money in trying to put on immortality now. That's being nice. Exercise and eat well, but you know how I feel about stretching and plucking and tucking and tipping and all that stuff. It's overpriced and it's short-lived and it don't work usually. I'm just saying what I have. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death. 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 Oh, everybody's scared of death. Death is swallowed up. In victory. Oh, death. Hey, death. Here, boy. Death, come here. Where's your sting? Hmm? Waiting, waiting. Where's your sting? Death. World scared. World does everything they can to keep from dying. I can go down that road a long time with you with these billionaires and trillionaires right now. I'll tell you what all they're working on, if you'd like to know, but we're not here to do that. A lot of people don't want to die. That's why people are working on chips for brain and all, all, all this sci-fi stuff that's really happening. But I'm telling you, death. Swallowed up in victory. Death, come here. Where, where's your sting? Where is it? Grave. Graveyard. 
where's your victory? I mean, you brag about it. You, you like haunt me with it every day. You die and put in the ground. What, 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 where is it? Where's your victory at? I mean, where's your celebration? It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, I hadn't gotten that text yet. Where is it? So you want to get to that place, don't you? Well, if you've been redeemed, you are at that place. You need to receive that and know that and walk in that, though. The sting, verse 56, just says this. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, hallelujah, which giveth us, say it with me, church, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, to kind of help you understand all this, if you're having a hard time. So, we, we say on Friday is when Jesus was crucified. And that's when, as you heard Friday night, he wasn't murdered. But he said out of his mouth after saying, it is finished, Father, into thy hands I commit, I give my spirit. And like Stephen being stoned, he just fell asleep. He fell asleep. See, the world dies, but you and I, we just fall asleep. Isn't that so cool? We just fall asleep, man. No dying at all. Death, hey, death, where is it? We just fall asleep. We, we, we never went that way. We fall asleep. On Friday, when Jesus said those last words, he walked up to death. This will help you. And he saw that old key over there on the wall, on that cold wall of fear, that cold wall of hurt. And he went over there, and he just snatched it off the wall and said, I'll take that. see, he didn't die, church. He didn't die. If he died, he wouldn't have been able to do what I'm about to say. And if he had died, he wouldn't have come out from the grave. And so he got those, that key. And about Saturday, he walked down, First Peter, I think, chapter 3 maybe. And he preached to those souls in hell all the way back to the flood. He preached to them. And while he was preaching in there on his way out, he saw that key right there and he said, I'll take that key. And the demons, no, what are you doing? Whoa, 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 what are you doing? He said, because in about 24 hours, demons, in about 24 hours, I will be able to give this key to every person that accepts me as Lord and Savior. And they will forever be able to lock the door that leads into hell and never have to go there. So that's why I got the key. So he, he continued his journey. See, Jesus is a working man. You hear me? He came, he was at 12 years old working, man, teaching and being taught. 
Then for three and a half years, he taught, worked, healed, raised, opened eyes. He did all those things. And when he, when he gave up the ghost, when he surrendered and said, Lord, here's my spirit, he kept on working. Went and got that key to death. Went on down there. Kept working and got that key to hell. And then, here we go. It wasn't six feet under. And I love, I love what Pastor Tim said Friday night. If you wasn't here, I'm just going to say it because it was beautiful. He was in a borrowed tomb. And he said he was in a borrowed tomb because if you don't need it, need something long, you just borrow it. Amen? Hallelujah. I still, mm, that just works it for me. I don't know about y'all. It just works it for me. And so, as he walked around inside of that, that borrowed tomb, he looked over there, and, hmm, there it is. There it is. It's always thought that it would always win. Every person would come to the grave. It's always thought that like Sylvester Stallone jumping around like you won the match, it's always thought that, that it won the victory. And then I'm sure just the onlookers from underneath wondering what was about to go down, hope, I hope he don't see that key. I hope he don't, because we know he has all power in heaven and on earth. Amen. And I'm sure, I hope he don't see that key. He's done got two of them. But on his way out, right before that stone rolled away, hallelujah, he said, the grave will never, ever win against my children again. He grabbed that key. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know when, but I believe in my heart after the uh, 50 days, uh, after 40 days on the earth and 50 days was Pentecost, I believe that he says, Father, I believe these are yours. I believe these are yours. I believe these are yours. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me so we can pray? Because it's about to eat me alive right now. And I'm going to just say it because you need to hear it again. Everything we live for, everything we worry about. Listen, God knows your frame. He's watching everything. He watches your pocketbook. He watches your medical report when it comes back. He watches your children when they go wayward. He's watching, watching, watching. You're the apple of his eye, and he's got you on a frame. He loves you so much. He knows what you're made out of, and he knows what it takes. And that's why he said if we're going to send my son down to earth, if he's going to be mocked and rejected, if he's going to go unto his own and his own is going to receive him not, then we're going to do the full work. We're going to redeem my children back and we're going to take everything that Satan tries to use against them. Death, hell, and the grave. And we're going to keep these keys up here and man will never ever struggle with that again.
So all over the church, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And can I just put it in another maybe understandable term way? Man, quit driving around with that coupon. You're not getting the good out of it. Just because your grandma went to church and she was a hard worker, a praying woman, God doesn't do the coattail thing. He didn't die just for grandma so everybody could piggyback or whatever the situation could be. He died so you could have a personal, one-on-one intimate relationship with him. But because he's a just God, if you don't redeem, if you don't redeem or allow God to redeem, see, it can work both ways. You can say, Lord, here I am. Go on and cash me in. I want this. Just get what is rightfully yours. Nobody is looking if you're driving a vehicle now or at some point and you need to pull over on the side of the road. It would be well worth it if you're able. But if you're in this building and you just simply, I've never allowed God to redeem me so I and he can get the good of that redemption. Would you just come right here? We're not going to lay hands on you, do anything weird. But you can leave this church with more than you ever walked in here with. And I would just love to see that take place in your life. If you're somewhere listening or watching later, you can be redeemed. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm glad that you are a patient, long-suffering God. You were willing to do every bit of that. I didn't realize... I've been talked down to my whole life. I've been abused. I've been insulted. I've been misunderstood. I've been neglected. I've been left out. And I didn't realize that that God, that everybody always gives a bad name, never takes your eye off of me. Nobody has ever paid that much attention to me. I'm telling you. The man loves you that much. He wants you bad. A lot of people associate salvation or giving your life to Jesus with what it's going to cost you or what you're going to have to give up. And that is the biggest lie in the world. That's a distraction by Satan because he knows what you're going to get. So he'll try all those smear, fear tactics wherever you are if you will say Lord Jesus I don't want no more of me I, I, am, I know about the shame of sin myself a lot of times when I'm committing sin I feel ashamed later on I want to be bought out of that mess and if I'm rightful property of yours I don't belong to the devil but he's sure having his way with me. If I'm rightful property of yours, I want you to have me. And I surrender my life to you.
and I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to take me just the way I am. That's the way God wants you. He wants you right now the way you are. He's not buying you for what you bring to the table. He's buying you back for what he sent to the table, and that's Jesus. Because when he looks at that frame now, after you've given your heart to Jesus, he has a big smile on his face because when he looks at you, he sees the blood, he sees his son Jesus. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner, and you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath, and for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says SAVED to 910-400-1199. That's the word SAVED to 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey. And there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission. And you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us 
and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast. And we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.